Christmas in September. Welcome to the SEC Fan Talk by SEC fans for SEC fans because, honestly, the SEC is all that really matters, especially this year. Bringing to you a whole new podcast strictly on the SEC, and we will only talk about the SEC. No political agendas here. Only time uh, maybe some of the other ones would come into play if we go, uh, you know, this may benefit the SEC. Have your host, Luke Alsop, Brandon Bird, special guest and producer, Nicholas Faya. I get that right? Yes, sir. There we go. Going to help us out with the picks. Our culture corner. There you go. So this week, we had our rankings come out. We want to get started right in the rankings, and and let me explain to you people who are not SEC fans, someone that jump on this, and and uh, Florida, we'll take Florida, okay? Florida's power ranking is number nine in the nation, okay? You take a Pac-12, you know, Big Ten, you take another school outside of the SEC, number nine, you're like, wow, you know, this is it. Right, yeah. Do you know what that ranking is in the SEC, Florida? Oh, probably fifth. Number five. (laughs) There you go. Number five. So you're number nine in the nation, but there's four other schools ahead of you in your own conference. (laughs) So, So people, this is why when we say the SEC is all that matters, that's why. That's why. It's the mini NFL. It's the mini NFL all within itself. So to hear the SEC say, we're going to play football, that's very exciting. That's Christmas in September. It's Christmas in September. Kickoff countdown, the 26th of September. It's it's upon us. It is upon us. It's around the corner. corner. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I mean, I, I can barely control my excitement. <laughs> I mean, we are less than a month away from kickoff to conference football. And it's going to be an exciting year this year. A lot of new changes. Uh, uh, everything got thrown for a curveball. And uh, yeah, it's really going to change the way that the uh, entire season is going to unfold. I, I do feel sorry for the fans that are not going to be able to enjoy yes. their alma maters or their whoever they're pulling for. Um, I don't keep up much with the West Coast myself, but, you know, the, the people that bring competition to the playoffs, you know, like Ohio State, um, you know, like like Clemson. Clemson. And, and the, you got your you usual know, suspects. I hate that they're not going to be able to play. Um, you know, it, it's 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 – it's sad. It will uh, make the playoffs very challenging. It will. And you're going to have a lot of people uh, say there needs to be some kind of asterisk next to whoever the playoff contenders are. And, um, you know, with, with the exception of Clemson and Ohio State, who's really out there? <laughs> I mean, who's really out there? An honest-to-God contender to make the playoffs. Yeah. I mean, I can't think of one. Uh, no. And and it, it one of the reasons 
for this podcast to talk all about SEC, and we say it only Matt, is you take those conferences. There's one team, maybe two teams out of it that even have a chance. And every year is a fighting battle in the SEC who could come out. And, of course, Alabama's always going to come out relatively there towards the top. Um, for me, as a uh, Tennessee fan, you know, I'm counting the days for Nick Saban to retire. <laughs> I'm not, not going to bash Alabama. They've done great. I'm an SEC guy. You know, I don't despise uh, the Florida-Tennessee game. I don't despise the Alabama-Tennessee game. I like SEC football. They're excited. I mean, that's really what it is. It's exciting. Hands down, they're always exciting football games. He's run a, I mean, with his serving with Urban Meyer, and when Meyer came and then Saban came, and it just completely changed yeah. the entire SEC. Yeah. I mean, it changed the entire college football world. It did. Just with those two coaches. It did. And, and, and the assistant coaches underneath them that have gone out to be head coaches elsewhere, not everyone has, uh, you know, turned out to be worth it. Um, but the Kirby Smart, you know, so far the Jeremy Pruitt has shown that he can really recruit yeah. and can uh, take a horrible season last year to start and, and turn it in. To something positive. Right, yeah, a very productive year. In the SEC news, nothing nothing major, uh, just a couple of recruits changing around. Right. One of the things that I would like to see the SEC benefit from other conferences shutting down is juniors and seniors able to uh, transfer without penalty, play immediately right? Uh, because of the COVID. They should be able to. Huge advantage. Huge advantage. And and as as uh, we know, uh, who was visiting Georgia? Justin Fields. <laughs> Justin Fields was at the Georgia scrimmage this past weekend. And it would be very nice to see Fields back in a red jersey, but on the field. <laughs> yes. Uh, I mean, coming as a Florida fan, I would prefer he stay in Ohio. <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, even having said that, it's it's just really a travesty that these kids who are stuck in this position that they had no say in whatsoever and to have somebody else dictate to them whether or not they are going to be able to pursue their careers as they see fit, I think is just it's it's just a real shame. I mean, these older kids, if you're a junior or senior, you should be able to transfer out of a non-playing conference into a playing conference immediately with no penalties whatsoever. Now, whether or not uh, some teams are really going to, you know, take advantage of that and try to, try to cheat the system, you're, you're going to have a little bit of that. But it's, only, it's the only fair thing to do. It's, it's the only fair thing to do for these kids who are not getting a chance to play. Speaking of career um, decisions, LSU. LSU. Devon Chase. Mr. Chase. Mr. Chase. Did he make a decision today? He did. By, or, or the decision that he made, does it ruin his career? No, absolutely not. I I think personally it was really the smart thing to do. If I was in his position, the what he stands to lose by playing, 
i.e. getting hurt, far outweighs, you know, what would happen if he sits out the season. He's going to be a top 10 pick regardless. This, If he played the season, he's running the risk of getting hurt. Yeah, he could. He would be the standout on that team. And, yes, he would put up crazy numbers like he did last year, but even better numbers than he did last year. But is that really going to make a difference to him in his NFL career? Yeah, I look at it both ways. Is the NFL going to look at this season as just a, you know, oh, it wasn't a tough season for them or, you know, or it was a condensed season? Or are they going to look at it how I look at it and say, this is conference games in the toughest conference in the United States? And he chose to set out this year. How, you know, how do we, you know, how's he going to do against uh, if we have a stacked schedule one year that's really tough? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I completely understand that argument. And, you know, I see both sides of it. Um, I, I, You know, if Burrow was coming back, then absolutely. Absolutely. Oh. He would be on the field. Um, because, I mean, they can just put up staggering numbers. But I just feel that LSU is is going to win maybe – they're going to finish maybe two games over 500 this season. They're going to have a rough year this year. And so the people in Baton Rouge, you know, I know they're still riding that high from what I personally think is the best offense in the history of college football to they're going to – they're going to – they're going to wish for those days back. That's for sure. As a Tennessee fan, we all know about wishing for those days back. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. It'll happen, man. Well, you know, yeah. it looks like Pruitt is, and you got to, I mean, they, you had to restart from, from a really tough spot. Uh, yeah. So yeah. it's an uphill battle. It's like pushing the rock uphill. It is pushing <laughs> the rock up rocky top. <laughs> we'll jump into segment number two here and let's talk about the schedule. Let's talk about our picks. Uh, go through each game. We'll start off with the first one. Alabama Crimson Tide with the Mizzou Tigers and their new head coach, Mr. Eli Drinkwitz. Yes. Heading over from a Tremendous year. And still think phenomenal year. Yeah, it was a twelve and one in the, sun, the in the Sun Belt. Yeah. In the Sun Belt, nonetheless. Which, you know, regardless of what conference you're in, that's still you know, he he's proven that he he knows how to coach, but you know, is that gonna translate in into the SEC? And I think Missouri is all these teams are all constantly looking for the next Urban Meyer. Yes. That somebody that came from a mid-major school that nobody cared about and was able to step in and seamlessly take a team to a national championship in two years. And sooner or later, somebody's going to find one, whether Eli uh, Drinkwitz uh, is that guy or not. For Mizzou, you know, I, you stick with Barry Evans. Oh yeah, I mean, absolutely. Let, him, I, I don't understand why he, they got rid of him. You know, he he things just didn't go his way as a program overall. He brought it up. Oh know, yeah, he yeah, he, he, he did. took them to bowls. He had you know it, 
They were consistent. It was consistent. They just couldn't get over that ceiling. And if you're Missouri, I'm fine with that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I think they made a huge mistake getting rid of That's kind of like Vanderbilt, which I was going to wait to get into until we got to (laughs) Vanderbilt, but that's like Vanderbilt. Right. You've got a great coach. Yeah. With Derek Mason. Last year, he was supposedly on the hot seat. You know, that was debatable. Who was saying it? Right. But... If I'm Vanderbilt and, and Mizzou for this case, and I'm getting the money, the SEC money that I'm getting, the millions and millions of dollars, and uh, Jason Horowitz is, is whom I'm going to ride his coattails on this, why do you have vinyl siding on your stadium at Vanderbilt? I, yeah. It, it's With the money that you're Vanderbilt, you're already loaded, not to mention your sports money. And Put have, money back into the fans. Put it into the. It's. I see high school stadiums look better than this. Oh yeah, they have done absolutely nothing to that stadium in thirty years. I mean, absolutely nothing to it. Total. And I, they're starting to get a lot of pushback from the rest of the SEC because we're saying if we're going to give you this kind of money yeah. and you are not going to pump it back into your sports programs, then get out. We're going to have to have talk. Get out. You know. That's all there is to it. Stand up or get out. Right. You know, do the thing. Um, do we even need to go through this for Alabama and Mizzou, or do we? Oh, no. Okay. No, that's, that's now. Yeah, so, <laughs> so we, we an A plus on that. Absolutely. I think that was pretty clear cut. Uh, let's go to the uh, – I didn't even talk about the ranking on that. Alabama is three. You know, go figure. Uh, now for number four, Georgia, and uh, against Arkansas. Well, I think that's probably going to be another brutal game. Arkansas, just, they are so void of talent. I mean, they had Felipe Franks transfer in from Florida, which is a good good get, you know, for um, for Sam Pittman in Arkansas. Um, I mean, that's a great get for him. They still got Taj Boyd there, which that kid may be the most underrated running back in the SEC. I mean, the kid is a stellar talent. So you're saying put him somewhere with an offensive line. And he's going to put up monster numbers. Yeah, he, he will put up monster numbers if if he's got a line to block for him. And Arkansas, I, I don't really know that much about their offensive line, about who they've got coming back. But they can't get much worse than they were last year. No, you can't. There's not, there's not much further to go down. So I, I think a lot of it is going to be whether or not Arkansas looking long-term is whether or not they're going to buy into what Sam Pittman is selling. Um, but, but yeah, I, I, Georgia just has so much talent. And uh, even playing a horrible game and even it being in Fayetteville, I mean – Arkansas is just not going to have the horses to keep up with Georgia. So Luke goes Georgia. Nicholas. I'm going to go Georgia as well. Going Georgia, even post from. Yeah, yeah. even post from. It might be better just, now that from is gone. Well, uh, on his on day, he's on. Uh, he's had too many off days. The overthrows and so forth. I'm going to go Georgia as well, which will uh, jump us down into Mississippi State. And number six, LSU. 
Well, they lost a lot of players. They lost, they lost a, lot. a lot of good, good players going to the draft. A couple saying, oh, we'll man. hold off for a bit and whatnot. But Luke has already stated it's going to be hurting in Baton Rouge for a while. Uh, I'm still going to pick LSU on, on top of Mississippi State. I think, I think I, you're wrong on that. I I'm, I just looked up the uh, quarterback for Miss, and they got a transfer from Stanford, who his sophomore year put up some pretty good numbers. Well, you know, three thousand yards. They shuffled. Yeah, that's, and that's, that's a that's a good number right there. Uh, you know, what are they going to do? They're going to keep playing the bearded Schrader. You know, he's <laughs> got the most experience, but most uh, experience in the air. Right? Yeah. No, him <laughs> physically yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, in the yeah. air. Yeah. Um, uh, are are they going to go with one of the other guys they've got? Um, but I mean, Mississippi State. I think it's going to be a lot better game than what people yeah. might think it's going to be. So, um, I'm, I got to go with Mississippi State on that. Go on Mississippi State. I don't know. Something just tells me that it's going to be a tough haul for LSU this year. Move us on to our next one, number eight, Florida at Ole Miss. And I honestly, you know, when it comes to the Rebels, um, you know, I I go back to Eli Manning days, and after that, nada. Well, they didn't have much before that either. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So, But we're going to see what the lane train looks like. I'm telling you. The lane train has arrived. And I tell you, there's more excitement around Ole Miss than – Well. Well, since Eli's been there. Well – you know, Lane Kiffin's in the wrong business because he needs to be in the marketing. Oh, right. and <laughs> he's got it down. Yeah, he can create buzz and and create energy around anything. That guy knows how to market himself as well as anyone else. Um, and you know, they've allowed him back in the SEC <laughs> after <laughs> after some of his life choices. And that, you know, the guy is a hell of a coach. I yeah. mean, he is a really good coach. He's been successful really everywhere that he's gone. I mean, other oh. than that stint at Tennessee where he pulled that those shenanigans. But, yeah. uh, you know, the guy has just proven over the years that, that you know, he, he knows how to coach. He's going to bring in talent to Ole Miss, and they're going to be exciting to watch. Whether or not that's going to happen this year is a different story. We'll, we'll see how he does uh, back back in the big boy league. Um, who's your pick on it? Well, I already know who your pick. Well, is. yeah, you know who I'm picking. You know, I mean, that's Florida all the He's way. He's got to go Florida. <laughs> Nico. Man, I, I don't know anything about these two teams specifically, but I'm going to say Florida again because I, uh, well, well, I choice. grew up in Florida for three years. Well, let's uh, that'll move us to our next one: Kentucky and number eleven Auburn. Mm. Wow, you know what's. Yeah, Auburn. And Who's the best of the worst? A lot that, of people leaving Auburn. I mean, so I just don't think you can replace Derek Brown. And um, I'm just drawing a blank on his name. Well, uh, Big Cat. Big Cat. Yeah. I, you, those guys on your anchoring your defensive line, those are both huge losses. 
for Auburn. Now, what I've consistently seen out of Auburn over, over the entire Gus Malzahn tenure is which Auburn team is going to show up to play. Exactly. Because when they show up to play at the Iron Bowl, they can beat anybody. They, we've seen it. Yeah, they can beat anybody. We've seen it. But they are so inconsistent, and I I think that that all falls on Malzahn. Shores. I agree. All of it. 100%. Kentucky has been Kentucky. They've played Kentucky football. They're not, you know, when we're talking Kentucky basketball here in a couple months, that's a whole different story. Right. But for football, uh, they are who they are. They stay where they're at. And for that reason, I pick Auburn. I would have to go the same way. As much as I like Bowden at Kentucky and think he's done better things there than any coach could possibly do at Kentucky, you know, they they, they just – the talent, the 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 talent pool there only goes so deep, right? Um, and Auburn just has a beat on talent, and they're playing Auburn, so yeah. that that makes a difference. That's going to be a tough choice. Got a lot of family friends that love UK, so I'm gonna I'm gonna go with friends and family. Oh, well, there you go, Pete. Kentucky. Right. Hey, there we go. go for the, hey, it could be the upset. Yeah. Yeah. It could be the upset. Oh, our next one is the lovely. High School Coliseum Vanderbilt <laughs> and Texas A&M, um, which could shock us all in the next couple years. I believe they will. I believe Texas A&M is going to shock a lot of people. They have a tremendous fan base. That place is rocking every week. Incredible stadium. Their campus is beautiful. Is that going to hurt them? They've got everything at Texas A&M. And they've got the pipeline to Texas. Yeah, they're just. I mean, it is Texas. Yeah. So, I mean, and I mean, and say what you will about Jimbo Fisher, the God knows how to coach. And yep. when he gets the quarterback, whether or not that's Kellen Mond or not, when he gets the quarterback in the right position that he wants him, whether or not it's Mond, watch out because AM is going to pick up, they're going to put up some huge numbers and they are. They're going to be a lot like LSU was last year, and they're going to try to just outscore anyone they can. It's going to be kind of like the Johnny Manziel days where, you know, they're they're just hoping to score 40, 50 points a game. Texas has a lot of football. Texas high school football is very, very big, uh, especially in some of the outlying smaller communities. That's all they have going for it. So, like you said, the talent pool is either Texas (laughs) or Texas A&M. Right. Um, I mean, you I mean, got some Houston get, gets some, yeah, get some talent. Gonna get some, Oklahoma's going to get, but for the most part, that's a huge pool of talent to draw from. They can go grab them. They can go grab them. Nico, what's your selection on that? Yeah, A and M. A and M across the board. Right. Yeah, twelfth man. Let's see if that'll actually last. Help. But but certainly not least is somehow ranked twenty five. They're always there. Tennessee. Always. Tennessee. They're always going to sneak in. Versus uh, South Carolina, who, uh, you know, for the past couple years, uh, with the exception of last year, South Carolina, for some reason, has had Tennessee's number. Yeah. It's come down to a final play or whatnot, but they could not get over that hump. Uh, You know, they they just couldn't beat it. Uh, So, finally, Pruitt gets the job done. Gets gets the win over South Carolina. How do uh, how do they come out on this game here? 
they they end the year off with with seven in a row. Uh, you know, started the year horrible. You know, losing to BYU. Um, you know the the powder puff games. The nightmare of the beginning. Just horrible. And to turn around and uh, and pull it out. Um, did well. So, uh, of course, you know who I'm picking on this one. It's on your shirt. So, yeah, I think that's it's right. I'll have to I'll have to go with your boys, too. I think they'll, they'll beat South Carolina this year. And, you know, um, I don't know. Tennessee might have a – they might surprise some people this year. Well, if you look at their record against SEC opponents – it's lovely. It's it, beautiful. It's, it's, uh, it's you know the the Floridas, the Alabamas, the Georgias. They they can't be. Well, I I tell you what, what's going to change a lot that I didn't even think about. It's going to change the dynamic of this entire season is how they've set up the schedule this season. Yeah. I still it still doesn't make any sense to me. Why did they just not start? Your first game, like Florida, their first game, the SEC game was against Kentucky and Tennessee with their first two games. They've been practicing all summer against playing Kentucky and Tennessee for those first two games. Kentucky and Tennessee have been doing the same thing. They've been planning for Florida to be one of their top first two schools they're going to play at the beginning of the year. Well, now they just threw a wrench in the whole thing, and they're taking the – the first two games that you had, and then at the end and, of the and season, Florida's always Florida, Tennessee's always been game three, except yeah. for two thousand and one, <laughs> because of nine eleven happening, and it pushed it to the end of the season. And yeah. I was at that game, and I was one of about three Florida fans that were there, <laughs> and I have never heard a place get so loud in my entire life Extremely. as when Colquitt hit that field goal. Yeah, it sounded like there was a jumbo jet, like. Right next to you. Yes. It was insane. It's a happening place. I went from <laughs> complete joy and because, <laughs> so I thought, sadness. because we would if we were to beat Tennessee, we would have gone to the SEC championship game and would have won. And would have probably gone on to the national championship and possibly got Steve Spurrier his second win as mm. Florida. <laughs> I don't I can't even get started on it because you think about how good that team was. And, and yeah, it was a good. You know, the world stopped spinning, and it caused us to have to play Tennessee at the end of the year, which Tennessee has been consistently asking for, hinting at for like two decades now. But Florida knows that Tennessee always gets stronger as the year goes on, so we never agreed to do it. Right, absolutely, yeah, right. Um, and then everybody got into this whole, you know, you get set in a routine. They play the third September, in, uh, third Saturday in September. Yeah. Every year without change. Yeah. Um, and, you know, you get used to something like that. So it, it kind of really tosses everything to the wind now with uh, the way they've done the schedule this year. It is. It's going to be different. Much, much different. Nico, who's your pick? Well, obviously. Tennessee. All right. Go Bulls. Got to go. Got to go Bulls. Well, that takes care of this. uh, the first week's schedule, September 26th. Do we uh, want to talk playoff? You know, we've we've got just about two and a half minutes 
Do we want to talk playoff predictions? Well, way too early predictions. I think it's a little too early, but I was Every curious on what you guys thought of uh, the 12th man, essentially. How stadiums is going to affect the players playing without a lot of people or Notre not. Dame came out today and said, hey, we're going we're gonna to stick to our 20% capacity. Uh, Notre Dame has said any student that wants to go can go. And then after they get past the student body, any faculty and staff is allowed to go. This is not going to be open for fans. Wow. And that's not going to go over well. I mean, it's going to be great for the kids who pay money to go to the school. There's there's an allotment of student tickets. And now anyone can go. And anyone from the the university can go. And and they're saying, this is our house, and we want to put our people in it. And I think it's great. That's a great idea. It's doing it right. It is a good idea, and it's going to bring in more kids, especially if they continue to keep things shut down, where the kids aren't going to have really a lot to do on Saturdays anyway. And you could send, I don't know how many – Students, Notre Dame normally packs in maybe you know seven nine thousand students um, at a time. You know they might pack in forty or thirty thousand students. You know who knows? The entire student body might show up. Well, I think just because of that, there are going to be a lot more kids that normally don't go to football games are going to football. Yeah, absolutely. You know? Yeah, you're definitely going to see that. Um, but I think it is going to not sit well with the. Long time Irish season ticket holders, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. who've who had tickets in their families for the last three generations, and they're going to be told they can't come. Um, that's it's not going to go over well with them. But I mean, we they have to work with what they got. That's all it is. Since we have seconds remaining, I'm going to point to you. You tell me four teams in the playoff right now. I'm going Alabama. I'm going Clemson, and let's see. I'm going to say Florida, and I'm going to go way out on the limb and say Texas A&M is the fourth team. Nico, four teams. Mm, Alabama. (laughs) I mean, that's a given. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know. Uh... Three teams in the SEC. Let's skip over me. Let's we'll skip over me. Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna, yeah, I can think about it. Well, I'm gonna, yeah. I think this is Tennessee's year to prove themselves, so I'm going to go Tennessee. Well, there you go. Alabama, Florida, because Kyle Trask is going to lighten the world up this year. Mm-hmm. He showed so much maturity last year to be handed the reins. At a young age, uh, sophomore last year, right? No, he was he, a, he was a junior. He's junior. been at Florida. He was at Florida for three okay. years before he saw the field. Okay, well then he's that shows the maturity level. Oh, yeah. he's he has done nothing but gotten stronger, more accurate, better. He's getting the top coaching. He's getting all the attention. He's going to come in and, and make a name this year. Uh, so Tennessee, Alabama, Florida, and Texas A and M. Notice I had Georgia written here and. You, you reminded me well, of, of what Jimbo's going to do this year. And so my picks are all SEC. Well, and they're no gonna, Clemson. They're, they're gonna, You're no, not going to have any Clemson? I'm not going to put Clemson in there. You don't think Clemson? I'm not going to put them in there. 
if if no, I'm gonna put Clemson <laughs> down on mine. I'm gonna go Florida and oh, maybe maybe Aggies. That was that was, that was a good good idea there on the Aggies. No, the Aggies would have been in the in the picture if we would have had a full full conference. Uh, you know, yeah, all the team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Right. schedule. Yeah, right. Ohio State would be in there. Uh, most definitely. I mean, they've they've got as much talent as Alabama does this year. Yep. Um, that's why it's a real shame that we're yeah. not going to be able to see how good they really were. Yes. Guys, first one in the books. The maiden voyage. That one's that one's always the rough one. It doesn't help that I have a cold. It doesn't help that we're having to um, sit the way we're sitting with the equipment the way it is. We get a little bit of echoing. It doesn't sound fantastic, but you know what? Sitting here talking sports is fantastic, especially when we're talking football that is in less than a month. Yeah, Big I mean news. that's exciting. That's Christmas in September. It is Christmas in September. That's uh, uh, especially when we didn't know what was going to happen, and we pray that it doesn't change. Um, we'll have some more updates as as college football changes as we get closer. Uh, you start to hear some dates, different dates rumored now for you know, like the Big Ten. It was spring, and then it was January, and someone says, "Oh, I heard something about." Thanksgiving. Yeah, what? Thanksgiving. Yeah, I, yeah, I've done there. They're going to play a five games schedule yeah. this year, four games. <laughs> yeah. You know. yeah, it wasn't going to happen. That's so, a shame. Good. See how it goes. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to the first podcast of SEC Fan Talk. Please follow us on Twitter. Check us out on Instagram or go straight to secfantalk.com. Join the conversation. Get in the forum. Let us know what your thoughts are. Did you know that most vitamin D3 supplements come from sheep's wool? I'm Kat, founder of Ritual. We're making traceability the new standard for the supplement industry. When I was pregnant, I couldn't find a multivitamin I could trust, so I created my own. Ours is made traceable, third-party tested, and clean label project certified. Oh, and our vitamin D3? It comes from sustainably harvested lichen from England, not sheep. Trace for yourself with 25% off at ritual.com slash podcast.